Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe MySight one day, the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a Brilliant Futures certified eye doctor near you. Hello, and welcome to the Open Your Eyes podcast. I'm Dr. Kerry Gelb, the host of the documentary, Open Your Eyes. Please visit the film's website at OpenYourEyes2020.com, featuring interviews with more than 50 optometrists from around the country sharing information on eye care and eye disease. If you're new here and you like our interviews, press like, subscribe, share, and hit the bell to get notifications of great new interviews. Also, please leave comments. In 1971, President Richard Nixon declared a war on cancer. In 1971, cancer was the second leading cause of death in the United States. Unfortunately, 50 years later, cancer is still the second leading cause of death, killing over 600,000 Americans in the year 2021. Dr. Gonzalez, often the doctor of last resort, dedicated his life to successfully treating the most complicated patients diagnosed with chronic illness and even late stage cancer with his revolutionary Gonzalez protocol. Tragically, Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez died on July 21st, 2015. His loving wife, Mary Beth, is now dedicated to keeping his work and protocol alive, starting the Nicholas Gonzalez Foundation. Nick authored many books with the goal of helping the medically forgotten. Mary Beth, thank you for joining me today. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for inviting me today. And, and maybe even more importantly, thank you for inviting my late husband, um, to speak at your All Docs conference in Marco Island back in the spring of 2014 in Florida. You know, was that was one of the greatest lectures I've ever heard. It was a three-hour lecture, and the, the, the group, our doctors, were just memorized, mes mesmerized by that presentation that he gave. And really, you know, our doctors are just so open-minded, and they were just so happy to hear his message because most people don't realize that there's another way of helping patients that have cancer, especially end-stage cancer. Well, you saw the brilliance in Dr. Gonzalez's work for treating cancer and other degenerative diseases with nutrition and detox. And that was the last major lecture that Nick gave before he died in July of 2015. I'm so thankful that my parents who lived nearby on Sanibel Island were able to come and experience one of his lectures firsthand, sitting proudly in the front row for the full three hours. <laughs> you know, uh, you started this foundation to help a lot of people. Nick was a true hero. Tell us a little bit about the foundation. And I believe your mom is, or is it your mom or dad is part of the foundation? So my mom is very um, helpful in, in the workings of the foundation and the publishing company that I started. Um, she, 
she edited several of Nick's books that he published in his lifetime. And uh, so she continued to help me after Nick died in, in editing the books that I was um, taking to market. Um, so I just wanna say that um, before I get into to talking more about the foundation, one of the things that I learned at that lecture at Marco Island is what a special profession optometry is and how you see more than twice the number of patients than a general practitioner sees. Um, so one of my hopes for today is that y'all can play a big role in raising awareness of how patients can have alternative natural options. Um, and we're gonna try to open your eyes to this new paradigm of medicine that Nick um, developed that was based on nutrition and psychology and spirituality where prevention is more important than treatment. And I think you probably can agree that many of us need this now more than ever. You know, in our profession, we deal with diseases such as macular degeneration, which is a leading cause of blindness over the age of 55, diabetes, the leading cause of blindness under the age of 55. And I know Nick did great work with, with diabetics, uh, dry eyes, even cataracts. These are all nutrition dependent diseases. And these are diseases that really weren't very common before 1880 until there was processed food. And, you know, reading uh, uh, Mary's book, Mary Swander, I guess Mary was, uh, Mary Swander was a, a patient of Nick and reading it, it reads like a, a mystery novel. And I know your hands are all over this book and you helped her and you helped edit it. And it's really a fabulous book. and. I really recommend it to everybody to learn about Nick's life and really how all he really cared about was helping patients. And uh, I guess when you started your starting the foundation, tell us a little bit more in detail. It's nonprofit and 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 and, and what the goals are. Absolutely. So um, I started the Nicholas Gonzalez Foundation, which is a nonprofit 501c3 research and education foundation. Um, back in 2015, just a couple months after Nick died. Um, and I didn't have a lot of answers when my really healthy husband died in my arms, but I did know that I couldn't keep his cure for cancer in a storage unit. All of a sudden, overnight, I had inherited his medical practice, his papers, his research, his unpublished books, and so I pulled together a team of devoted doctors and patients, and we started our foundation with the primary goal of educating others in how to do the Gonzalez Protocol so that the work wouldn't die along with them. And I'm just thrilled to say today that we now have two ways that the foundation has introduced uh, ways for people to take advantage of the Gonzalez Protocol. One is that we have seven doctors from all around the world who just completed a very rigorous uh, curriculum and were educated in the, in the Gonzalez protocol. And they are seeing patients now with cancer, degenerative diseases, and, and just for preventative wellness. We also have a simple online self-test that anyone can take just to determine their metabolic type. And when you take the test, you receive a customized nutritional plan um, based on the metabolic type that Nick developed in his office and that worked for his patients for so many years. Now, the seven doctors, where are they located? 
So the seven doctors are all over the world. Um, and, and that was important to us because, you know, Nick was just based in New York City and people used to come to him from all over the world, but it really wasn't that convenient. So when we were reviewing the more than 100 applications for people who wanted to be in this educational seminar, we looked for people who were geographically dispersed. So they are based um, across the US, um, in Mexico, Jamaica, as well as in Europe. Um, and you know, we do plan to do this educational seminar again in the future. And we are looking for the right kind of doctors, specifically in Canada and in Australia, where there's super high demand. But for now, those are the seven doctors that we're working with. And boy, did we put them through the ringer. Um, they took advantage of, well, it was about 15 months of study. And they came to Sanibel, um, where I'm located, and for 10 days, they had in-person learning this past summer, you know, regardless of the COVID um, challenges. And they were taught with a 700-page textbook that several of the doctors who were on my curriculum committee wrote. Um, and they had to write that that textbook because Nick never wrote the how-to book. You know, he, he thought he was gonna live forever. And, and he planned to just train people in his office. So it took us four years to write that textbook and to prepare this curriculum. And I'm just so proud of these new doctors. Um, we call them the Gonzalez guardians because they are the keepers and the protectors of Dr. Gonzalez's work. And if anyone wants to apply to meet with them, we have a centralized application process um, and you can find it at thegonzalezprotocol.com. Um, it's centralized because we wanna make sure that the people who are interested in the protocol really understand what it's all about. And it's pretty rigorous, it's not for everybody. So we wanna actually interview and talk to the prospective patients to make sure that they are prepared before they show up at the doctor's office. And um, the people who are doing that screening for us are the same people who used to work for Nick in his office. So they're the, prof they're the professionals. So who helped write the, the, the manual of the book? Uh, was it Dr. Jimenez from Mexico? Was he involved in it? A so, and uh, Linda Isaacs, was she involved? So Dr. Jimenez is one of the seven guardians. Um, and he's been you know, a supporter of ours from the very beginning. I met him at one of the, the very first Truth About Cancer events. And he's um, at Hope for Cancer in Mexico, right? He's at Hope for Cancer in, in, in Mexico. And Dr. Isaacs helped us with a lot of the books that we've published since Nick died, and there've been six of them. Um, the doctors who helped write the curriculum actually moved into my house. <laughs> and because all the material that I inherited were in, boxes, like 300 boxes that arrived at my apartment in New York City. So they moved into my home and just tore through all the material to figure out the best way to, to create, to see the pattern of how Nick metabolically typed people and then created the diagnostic, um, uh, other diagnostic tools and the actual protocols. And they are um, medical school professors, um, and research students and, um, and 
where I'm so I'm so thrilled that they were willing, you know, for such a long time, four years, to work together with us to create that protocol. So if somebody has cancer and they want to be treated by the protocol by one of the doctors, how can they find out how to be treated? So you can go right to our website, thegonzalezprotocol.com, and there's a little button that says um, apply. And there's a, um, a list of things that we want you to explain to us in kind of a, um, a letter type format about your medical history. And we ask some very specific questions. Um, and, and then after you submit that along with some of your medical files um, to our secure hush mail um, email uh, address, uh, we'll do an interview with you. And, um, and just make sure that, that, you know, that we think that the protocol is gonna help you. Because um, let's face it, you know, there's, you have to be able to eat to be on a nutritional program. And you have to be able to get up off the floor um, to do coffee enemas. Um, and so some people who have no appetite or can't swallow, um, so they can't actually consume the supplements, they're not going to be very suitable for this program. They're not going to get up the benef full benefit of it. And so we want to have that conversation with them before they get started. And you mentioned coffee enemas, and we're going to talk a lot about that. But I, I just want to bring up that coffee enemas was in the Merck manual, was 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 is something for detoxification. It was something that was very uh, accepted by nurses over the years. And I believe it was in the Merck manual up until like the 70s, 1970s. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. And and um, my husband found out that the only reason it was removed from the Merck manual was because of space limitations when they were printing it. So um, these coffee enemas have been used, you know, to treat pain, you know, back in, um, you know, during World War II. Uh, so um, it's something that, you know, you could take away almost any other aspect of the protocol from me, but don't take away those coffee enemas because they feel great. And once you once you do those every day, um, you it's such a, an important way of detoxing and cleaning out your liver, um, and you just feel great. It's very calming. Because when you're taking, and we're going to get into this more as we go on, but when you're taking all the enzymes and the cancer is starting to die, you could get like a Herxheimer reaction to the to the dead tissue, and that's the purpose of the coffee enemas is to clean. It's to clean out that dead tissue so you don't have a reaction to the dead cells. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Um, and so there's, there's three different pillars to the Gonzalez protocol. You've got your detoxification, and it's more than just coffee enemas. Um, there's liver flushes and carrot juice fasts. Um, and then there's two other pillars, the individualized diet, um, and then an individualized supplement plan um, including pancreatic enzymes, which have the main anti-cancer effect. And so what Dr. Gonzalez would do, and this is what took us a long time to piece together, is that through metabolically typing patients, he would design a customized program, customized diet, customized uh, supplements, and customized detoxification, all with the goal of balancing your autonomic nervous system. And what he realized is that when you balance your autonomic nervous system, you can fight off any disease. Um, and 
So um, yeah, I'm happy to talk more about that in, in detail if you'd like. Yeah, but I'd like to go into that, but let's let's go through the history of, of the doctors who influenced Nick and where he was able to formulate all his, his theories, his theory. And I think people need to know that Nick was a voracious studier and a voracious reader. And every night he would read that, you know, article after article after article. Explain what that was like when you, he'd finally come home at nine o'clock at night and he'd start reading journal articles. So, um, well, first let me, let me paint the picture of when I first met um, Nick and we were dating and I went back to his, um, he was showing me his apartment. I walked in to a room full of medical journals and medical books stacked up all over the living room, everywhere. And, and not like he was a hoarder or anything, just said like that was his library. And, and he was actively reading like 10 journals at a time, 15 um, medical books. And that's what he did in his spare time. I, I looked over at where the, the, um, the TV should be and I, re I didn't recognize what I saw. It was this really small box with these rabbit ears on the top. And I said, Nick, what is that? You know, why don't you have a regular TV set? Why don't you have cable? And he looked at me and said, well, because I never really watch it because I'm always reading. Now that did change when we got married. Um, we got a flat screen TV, we signed up for cable and, and then he had a really good time, you know, yelling at um, Bill O'Reilly uh, on Fox News on a regular basis. Um, but uh, Nick was a voracious reader and, and he also loved to write. I mean, he's a journalist um, in New York City before he even went to medical school. And thank God that he loved to write because now we have so much content from him, not only from his books, but his articles um, and that we can now, now learn from. Well, you know, he has that, that genius streak in him that he got from his, I guess, his grandfather and his father. His grandparents were musicians, famous musicians in Mexico. They were. So you read the book. That's great. So <laughs> that's all um, detailed in the Maverick MD, which is the biography of Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. And one of the things I love about that book is that it not only paints the picture of this incredible man, um, but it also gives a primer in more layman's terms, because it's written by Mary Swander, who used to be a patient, um, of exactly how the protocol works. And she did explain some of the great scientists that Nick um, relied on and read about and as he developed his protocol. Uh, so there were several different scientists that helped Nick come to his realization that different people need to be on different types of diets and different supplements, all in it, it, with the goal of balancing their autonomic nervous system. So these were people like Dr. Weston A. Price, um, Dr. Francis Pottinger, um, Dr. Ernest Gellhorn, and then his mentor, Dr. William uh, Donald Kelly. Um, and these different scientists early on, like Pottinger back in 1919, in his book, Symptoms of Visceral Disease, he explained that humans should be categorized by their autonomic balance. Um, and then it was the physiologist, Dr. Gellhorn, back in the 40s, who said the same thing. Humans need to fall, or humans should be 
um, categorized into three different categories, sympathetic, parasympathetic, and balanced. And um, they realized that disease only occurs when those autonomic branches, sympathetic and parasympathetic, are not in balance. And health is actually um, able to be achieved once that equilibrium is restored. And it was Dr. Kelly who took those principles and then built an entire system of disease and treatment based on autonomic imbalance. And he taught that system to Nick, um, who then went on to evolve it um, over the 27 years of his practice. You know, he, when Nick was a writer, he, he met Linus Pauling. And yes, he did. It was because of Linus Pauling that Nick went back to medical school. If you could tell that story. Sure. So Nick was um, doing the science beat for Time magazine and and he didn't want to do it. He wanted, you know, he had been writing fiction. He wanted to do the more exciting stuff. He thought science was really boring, but that's what they assigned him to. And they, they said, you know, you're so smart, Nick, we think you can figure it out. So one of the people that he went to go interview was Linus Pauling. And so of course, Nick prepared um, for the interview and went in and, and, and was meeting with him. Um, and he apparently asked a lot of really intelligent questions. And Linus Pauling said, why are you a journalist at Time Magazine? You should be going to medical school. Um, and how can I help you? And so that kind of put the bug in Nick's ear. And uh, he, at that point, quit his job at, at Time went to Columbia to actually to finish some undergrad pre-med requirement classes and then applied to medical schools, got into all the schools he applied to um, and ended up at Cornell in New York City because he really wanted to work at Sloan Kettering for the rest of his life. MacuHealth. Your science born and tested solutions for visual performance, macular degeneration, and dry eye syndrome. New products coming soon. Embrace the science. One thing optometry has been missing is a unified message that explains the importance of eye care. Now, OYE Broadcasting has solved that dilemma. We're excited to announce this content delivery service that is designed to expand and enhance your practice and grow the industry of optometry as a whole. Please visit oiebroadcasting.com for more information and sign up today. Weston Price was very influential in Nick's life. If you could talk about uh, the Weston Price and what he learned from Weston Price, who was a dentist and uh, in the 30s with his wife, they traveled and they looked at why certain types of people were civilizations of people were sick and other people weren't and and looked at their diet and lifestyle if you could talk about about how weston price influenced nick so weston price uh, was very influential in uh in nick's learning because he conducted a type of research that could never be replicated today he traveled with his his wife all over the world and he met with indigenous um groups of people and and you know, from the Andes to um, the Amazon to um, Alaska, he met with the Eskimos. And what he discovered throughout his, his um, research and travels is that these different groups of people 
were all had very few symptoms of disease and and it was because they were eating the right foods that for their specific um, metabolic type in that environment. So um, you've got people like the Eskimos who were, um, you know, eating a lot of fat, you know, because it's cold and they wanted to actually be able to, to gain weight and they were more parasympathetic dominant. And then you had people um, like the Maasai Indians who were actually eating a lot of grains and, um, and vegetables. Um, so it was that type of learning that Nick applied and thought, think, okay, well, different people are thriving on different types of diets. Maybe we can apply that to how different people have different ancestry um, can thrive on different type of diets based on their genetic makeup. Um, and so a lot of that was worked out between Dr. Kelly and Dr. Gonzalez. Um, and it led Nick to come up with um, seven different metabolic types that ranged from more sympathetic dominant and vegetarian on the extreme left to balanced in the middle and more parasympathetic and more carnivore on the extreme right. And he would analyze people in his office and ask them a bunch of different questions about their history and their current diet um, and their, their personality and their cravings. And, and that would help lead him to figure out what their metabolic type should be. Um, and he, as long as people were eating the right foods for their metabolic type, their organs and glands would function efficiently and their health would be good. But if they ate the wrong things, it would not. I think one of the things, and correct me if I'm wrong about this one, Weston Price was going to these different cultures around the world and cultures would go away from their native diet and start eating more of a westernized diet. Their teeth would start rotting, they would get cavities where in the past they weren't even brushing their teeth and, and their jaws were perfect and they weren't getting narrowed uh, and, 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 and they would start getting sick from going to a more processed, more of a western type diet. Uh, and I think Nick incorporated some of that into his work. W would that be correct? Absolutely. Um, and it's, it, you know, Weston Price was a dentist. So he was primarily looking at the effect of, of these diets on people's um, teeth and, and their overall health. And, and I think Nick said that um, Weston Price found that, that there wasn't even a word for depression amongst the Eskimos because they just didn't have it. It wasn't, they were eating the right foods that they needed for, for their metabolic type. And so they didn't even get to, um, symptoms of depression. Uh, Dr. Chris Kenobi, who's an ophthalmologist, uh, gave a practice oh, uh, maybe five, seven years ago, just to He's like, he's like the modern day Weston Price. He studies all the diets and I interviewed him on my podcast and he spoke at all docs and his work is fascinating where he goes into detail in these different cultures and to study why they may get macular degeneration, but also he'll talk about other different chronic diseases. So he's a, a you know, very interesting uh, person and he's really studied this quite a bit and it's really fascinating how Weston Price kind of, you know, as a dentist, really wanted to discover this. 
Well, I have to look into his work. I'm not familiar with it. Um, and it probably could help evolve our, our thinking here with the Gonzalez Guardians. Um, I'm just so thankful that Dr. Kelly and Dr. Gonzalez figured out very um, easy ways for us to metabolically type people um, so that everybody can figure out exactly what diet is best for them and take all the guesswork out of it. Um, and I'm you know, thrilled to say that we now have a Gonzalez metabolic type test on our website that anybody can take. And it's based on the original type of questionnaire that Dr. Kelly and Dr. Gonzalez had. It's 96 questions, easy, multiple choice. Um, it costs $100 and you will then um, get a beautifully designed 18 page nutritional plan specific for your metabolic type. And it comes with a shopping list. It tells you what to eat, what not to eat, how to cook the foods, because certain metabolic types, just like what Western Price learned, um, should be eating more raw foods versus more cooked foods. Um, so it, we introduced it in November and so far people are really pleased and I'd love for your audience to know about it. Sure, and, and, and Nick had like, wasn't it, a, up to like 20 something different diets at one time so nick actually had 99 different diets um, we, we we couldn't you know produce beautifully designed diets at, at, in that volume but the variations to get to 99 diets was essentially the seven diets that that we um have on in our test and then there's versions for people with who are celiac or people who need gluten-free or people who need dairy-free. So to get to those 99 diets, some of them were just small revisions of the basic diets that we've offered. One of the early uh, doctors that Nick studied was John Beard uh, in Scotland. Uh, can you talk about how John Beard influenced Nick? So John Beard was a scientist who was the first to actually focus on the trophoblast. Um, and Nick's theory about the trophoblastic model of cancer um, all came from the work of, of John Beard, which you know, should have actually changed the course of medicine. Um, but unfortunately, uh, John Beard was alive during the same time that Madame Curie was um, doing her radiation work and everybody got really infat um, infatuated with that. Uh, and so John Beard kind of died in obscurity. Um, so Nick felt that that was really unfair. And <laughs> since he uh, understood how the trophoblast worked and how it was really the, the precursor of cancer, he went and wrote, um, a forward to Dr. Beer's original book, um, The Enzyme Treatment of Cancer, and reproduced it. And um, we published that. Um, and you know, Nick really felt that like it was important to make sure that his work never die. Um, and it's interesting, you know, when when Nick died, I, you know, knowing how he felt about John Beard, I, I knew that what we had to do was make sure that Nick's um, work didn't die in obscurity as well. And the trophoblast and the original and the origins of cancer, uh, was that written by Nick or is that written by John Beard? So this book, 
uh-huh. Choco Glass and the Origins of Cancer. It was written by um, Nick and um, Dr. Linda Isaacs. So, and yeah. it's, a, it's the best way to explain Dr. Beard's theory. Um, it, it's very, do, it's well documented scientifically. And so I would encourage your, your audience to, to look at that book. There's also a video on our website. We have a big video library and there's several places where Nick actually lectures about the trophoblast model of cancer. And, and even though he talks really fast, he definitely um, explains it better than I can. No, it, it's very, it's very fascinating. Uh, the, the whole how John Beard uh, competed with Mer- Madame Curie at that time for treatment of cancer, and that he had he was using the trophoblast uh, theory of treating cancer, where she was using uh, radiation, and then her and her husband, I guess, died of radiation. They sure did. They so, sure did. So let's move on to the Pottinger. You mentioned Pottinger before, and he was a pulmonologist, and he's the one that came up with the sympathetic, the autonomic theories uh, of the autonomic nervous system and the theories with the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. And if you could talk a little bit more about that, and 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 then Nick kind of added that part as part of his treatment, and that's what you were talking about before that's where all the dietary recommendations i believe come from a lot of that comes from the work of pottinger and his son absolutely um as perfected by dr kelly and what they came to realize is that certain illnesses were actually associated with different metabolic types so for example sympathetic dominant types um often got digestive diseases like um, ulcers, colitis, irritable bowel, bowel. Um, those people are predisposed to anxiety, but they don't really get depression and they don't really get allergies. And then you've got parasympathetic dominant types who have a very efficient digestive system and gut. Um, so they don't normally get those problems, but they get the allergies, the asthmas, the chronic bronchitis, hypothyroidism, um, and chronic fatigue type um, diseases. And then you've got, you know, your balanced people are, are in between and, and they rarely get sick. With all the reading that Nick did, you know, he was an expert in a lot of different parts of medicine. I mean, it, it focused a lot on cancer because that's really sexy cancer, autoimmune disease and some of the other things he treated aren't as, aren't as exciting and does, doesn't make the news like cancer. But he would just read and I remember talking to him at the conference and his the knowledge that he had was incredible about all different topics. And, we, you know, we bring a lot of experts to our meeting and you know, and, you know, I mean, nobody was ever like Nick. I mean, he, he was amazing. So let's, let's focus on, uh, let's really get into William Kelly, uh, the story of William Kelly, because it's an exciting story. And in the end, it it became kind of a sad story, what happened with Dr. Kelly. So if you could tell us that story about this amazing dentist who had pancreatic cancer himself, who his mother actually cured, and then he used her concepts to start curing patients himself with, that had cancer. That's exactly right. So um, when Nick was in medical school, uh, 
you know, after he'd already been a journalist, one of his journalist friends approached him and said, you know, I'm going to interview this Dr. Kelly in Texas, and he says he's got the cure for cancer. And Nick, can you come with me? Because you understand science and you can, you know, help me figure out whether this guy's for real or not. And Nick's like, no, I don't have time. I'm in medical school now. You know, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not a journalist. So a couple of weeks later, the, the, the journalist came back and said, please, Nick, I, I really need your help. So Nick's like, okay, I'll, I'll meet with him in New York City. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll have a coffee and talk. So that first meeting turned into Nick being very intrigued. And he put his little journalistic hat back on and, and wanted to probe and figure out if this was for real or not. So he flew to Texas and started going through Dr. Kelly's files. And he was amazed at what he saw. And he wanted to learn more and more about it. So he came back to Sloan Kettering and he was doing a, a research project under the guidance of Dr. Robert um, Good, uh, considered to be the father of, of immunology. And he was the president of Sloan Kettering. And he said, Nick, you know, if you want to do a research study on this, go for it. Um, let's see what you can find out. Uh, and he really believed that people would learn the most from, from um, research that they were really interested in. So he encouraged Nick to do it. So Nick went back down to Texas and long story short, it turned into like a five-year research project where Nick interviewed thousands of Dr. Kelly's patients, pancreatic cancer patients, every other type of cancer. And he, and he saw that this orthodontist, um, Dr. Kelly, had indeed treated his own pancreatic cancer um, with the help of his mom, uh, guiding him towards eating fruits and vegetables and a, and a more vegetarian type diet, doing taking heavy doses of pancreatic enzymes, which we can talk about in a minute, and detox with those coffee enemas. And Dr. Kelly, you know, he, once he realized that that was working for his own cancer, he started experimenting with how a protocol might work for other people's cancers. And it was really through trial and error that they discovered that certain types of, of diet and supplement groupings work best for, for one type of cancer and, and others for other types of cancer. So it wasn't one size fits all for cancer treatment either. And they gave Kelly like six weeks to six months to live. And he lived, uh, uh, to, I, I don't know what, how old he was when he finally passed away, but he lived well be, beyond that time. He did. And, and his career took a very um, uh, unusual series of turns. Um, he, his work was thriving at the time that Nick came to see him. Um, and you can probably imagine how much Dr. Kelly was persecuted um, by, um, the con by conventional medicine. And he, over time, um, had to close his practice uh, and move to various areas of the country, still trying to, to, to offer the protocol as best he could. Um, and uh, at that point, um, you know, Nick had been, during the five years that he was working with Dr. Kelly um, and going through his files, Nick wrote a book, um, which we later published called um, One Man Alone. 
And it, the book was about Kelly's miracle cases. And um, Dr. Kelly had really hoped that the publishing of that book, um, you know, back in, in the 90s was going to give him all the, the credibility that he so sought um, and that people would now be able to see that this really was a cure for cancer. And unfortunately, um, you know, Nick had his, his book prepared, but nobody would publish it back then. Nobody would believe it. Um, and so when Nick had to go to Dr. Kelly and say, I'm sorry, I, I, I've written this book and, you know, we've done this together and, and I think all the proof is here. He said, but I can't get anybody to publish it. Um, Dr. Kelly distanced himself significantly from Nick and, and started to think that maybe Nick worked for the CIA and was there to spy on him and it, it got ugly. And so Nick just completely divorced himself from that relationship. Did you, did you ever meet Kelly? No, they had already been estranged before I met Nick in the year 2000. And when did, when did Kelly die? What, what year was that? I think he, he died in 2000, um, 2005. 2005. I think it, so. And he felt sickness was caused by toxic chemicals and drinking and smoking and all kinds of refined foods. And, you know, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of started the the beginning of uh, uh, of Nick's philosophy, and he helped Nick uh, make his philosophy, I guess, so to speak. Absolutely, and and I mean, most of Nick's diets and his supplement plans are grounded in the original work that he learned from going through Kelly's files and staying up to all hours of the night talking to Dr. Kelly. You know, Nick actually lived with him, um, and they worked twenty four seven. You know talking about um, supplements and diets and enzymes. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacU Health with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner, not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. Each generation was supposed to be healthier than the last one. Lifespan was supposed to be increasing. We were supposed to be in this paradise by now. Instead of getting healthier and healthier, it seems to have gone the opposite way. Millennials were projected to be the first generation in history to not outlive the generation before them. We are certainly headed for disaster. I think a lot of people are beginning to question the whole story. We live in a time where the paradigms are shifting. 
And the optometrist, in my opinion, is one of the best kept secrets. The public doesn't realize about going to the eye doctor. So many different diseases actually manifest in the eye. The back of the eye is the only place in the body that you could actually see the blood vessels. Completely non-invasively, you can screen thousands of people, not just for their eye health, but for their whole body health. Because this disease is here, it's also going to be here. And I can look into the back of my eyeball, and there are expert doctors on the ground who are looking at my eyeball while I'm doing it. The eye is the canary of the mind. The eye is the kingdom. Will everyone please open their eyes? Since I bought Safe For You, my dad makes me clean his boat. It's natural y es un buen producto. Every time I go back to school, my mom always makes sure that I have my Safe For You products. I bring extra and my roommates certainly don't mind. It's a good thing I had Safe For You to clean up after this little guy. When my hands get dry, I like to wash them with Safe For You. And most importantly, the reason why I buy Safe For You is because it's safe for me and you.